Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to episode 61 of the Real Person, Real Needs podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Desiato, and this is my life. Today's episode is titled Signs of Trouble. Well, it happened. It only took a month, but my first task and first additional expense as a homeowner has reared its ugly head, shown its jagged teeth, and breathed fire into my wallet. The central air system, which we knew was very old, decided to stop working, and given the age and poor maintenance by the previous owner, it'll most likely never work again. Since it's not financially wise to spend the money to repair a 28-year-old highly inefficient cooling system, we were forced to make a decision about having a brand new AC installed, something which was estimated to cost nearly $6,000. We had purchased a home warranty when buying the home, and I've since learned that that is about as good as the paper it's written on. Now, ultimately, our electric bill will be lower, And my family will have a high-quality air conditioning system for the first time ever, but man, does it sting. (laughs) No one has an extra $6,000 lying around. In fact, the only way we were able to afford it is because I have an upcoming settlement, Lord willing, today. Now, I hoped to be able to put some of that money away to build up our safety net, but God had other plans, apparently, as he often does. I know I should be grateful that this transaction will provide me with the money for this massive repair, but it's hard to see so much of it disappear when I had hoped to use that money in other ways. But in the end, this is what we homeowners sign up for, and the security that having a soon-to-be comfortable home for my family is ultimately worth this relatively small investment for what I hope to be years of peace of mind and great memories. Here's hoping the next big repair is a long way off. I'd like to finish unpacking before having to drop another six grand. You're never going to believe it. It happened again. However, this time it was a different scenario and was not caused by my feeble attempts at demonstrating athleticism. If you recall on a previous podcast, episode 58, I mentioned how I had split my pants during a recent audition. I recently attended another audition for a play called Don't Drink the Water. One of my goals for this year was to perform in a play in order to help me develop as an actor without relying on my singing to carry me through a performance. And this particular play has a special meaning for me because it was the first play I auditioned for in high school. I went to the audition and actually ran into a friend who co-starred with me in Evita last November. He's on my mailing list and had recently read my article about how I had split my pants at an audition. He even quipped, hey, don't rip your pants this time. We both laughed at the thought of the million-to-one odds of me ripping my pants in consecutive auditions. That was until I returned to my chair after reading a side for my audition. When I sat back down, my pants pocket got caught on the armchair, and I heard that dreaded tearing sound. I couldn't believe what had just happened. I didn't tear them as badly this time around, and it wasn't while I was the center of attention, but still, I mean, come on, who does that? 
As it turns out, I was offered the part. And since I was offered the last part I auditioned for after ripping my pants, I'm afraid to admit that I may need to stock up on tearaway pants for all of my future auditions. After all, good roles are hard to come by, and if I can tip the scales in my direction by ripping my pants at every audition, I basically have no choice, right? It's with that thought in mind that I ask you, the listener, this question. Are you willing to do anything for the sake of fulfilling your dream? Seriously, think about that question for a minute. A lot of people flippantly say, I'd kill for that. And we know it's hyperbole. But what happens when the path to your dream is aligned with opportunities to compromise your core convictions in order to possibly expedite the journey? As both a realtor and an actor, I face ethical and moral conundrums fairly regularly. I often write about the misleading practices of real estate agents, so you're probably well aware of my values as an entrepreneur in the real estate industry. But what about the pursuit of my dream of being an actor? Believe it or not, there are choices I need to make every day about what kind of actor I want to be and what I'm willing to do to make that happen. For any pursuit, we need to first identify our core values. These will act as an anchor when things get rocky or a compass that will help us find true north. For me, as a severely flawed individual who's doing his best to be a follower of Jesus Christ in all aspects of my life, there are certain things that I personally feel I should refrain from doing. Am I always successful in that pursuit? Hardly. Am I tempted to compromise for the sake of notoriety or accolades? Sure. But I've made a commitment from a young age about the kind of man I want to be, and though I often fail to attain to the ideal, it doesn't lower the standard. For instance, there's certain adult language that I'm not comfortable uttering in a show. Have I uttered those words under my breath? Sure. Have I uttered them behind the closed windows of my car when someone cuts me off in traffic? Of course. But in moments of frustration and personal weakness, I can think of multiple occasions in which I was unable to pursue a coveted role due to the adult content within the show. Even though I was approached by the directors personally and may have eventually won the roles, I had to decline due to personal convictions. The other area of contention for a lot of fellow actors is my commitment to only kiss one woman, my wife. As a matter of fact, she's the only woman I've ever kissed. That doesn't make me special or better than anybody else. It simply is what it is. However, this commitment essentially rules out the possibility of me ever playing any romantic leading man type roles. That's ultimately why I've gravitated toward and been successful in musicals and plays with darker tones. The more research I do, I find that there are many leading roles that would not be considered romantic, and I've made it my goal to chase those kinds of roles. But every so often, there isn't a clear delineation about what type of leading role it is, or what the director is planning to do with a given character or relationship within the story. Maybe I should do more research before auditioning, but I simply don't have the time to procure every script ahead of time and scour each page to find anything that could possibly be something I wouldn't be comfortable with. If I did that, I'd probably never audition for anything. Why am I bringing this up? Well, because once again, I've had to make the tough decision to turn down a role that was offered to me because I was unwilling to kiss a woman who was not my wife. Now, don't get me wrong. It stings. And a part of me would like to agree with fellow actors and say it's no big deal. Not so I can go smooching other women, but so that I can actually add credits to my resume and open up more opportunities for myself as an actor. 
But ultimately, I cannot wrap my head around how someone could watch their spouse kiss and be intimate with another person. On stage, on camera, whatever. They say it doesn't mean anything, but I know for a fact that infidelity and promiscuity in showbiz is becoming the rule, not the exception. Also, as a father, I want my kids to see that I love their mother more than anyone else. She's the only one who gets that type of affection from me. And more importantly, as a husband, I refuse to open a door to temptation or even comparison. It's simply not worth it. Believe me, I have made enough stupid decisions in my life to erode trust between me and my wife that I've had to rebuild day by day. Now, maybe I'm over-dramatizing something insignificant and innocent, but I'm reminded at times like these that many times along our journey, we're going to be given opportunities to compromise what we believe in in order to achieve our objective. It'll be subtle and probably seductive due to its relative ease, but you'll never be able to look at yourself the same way knowing that you were willing to sell a part of who you are just to go after some stupid dream. There are going to be sacrifices that we need to make when chasing our dream, but our desire for pleasure or prestige should never come at the cost of our personal integrity. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time or been following my content online, you know that I like to wear many hats. I call myself the acting realtor for one. The trouble is that all it takes is a major life event to knock all of your hats askew. Okay, enough analogies about hats. I've been thinking about these things for a while now, especially after the last episode where we talked about sacrificing your ego on the altar of duty. Now, I'm someone who is usually pretty good at staying driven. That's why I enjoy encouraging other people to focus on their passion. But recently, I just have not been able to perform the way I'm used to, and it's caused my confidence to take a severe hit. I've been faced with some pretty serious mental hurdles the last two months or so. In addition to moving my family yet again, I added another part-time job to go along with my full-time real estate business and the part-time acting and singing that I do. You could probably understand how one could feel overwhelmed by all these things. My brain has literally felt like it was being pulled in a million different directions. In fact, the last time I remember feeling this way was when I was in the middle of a two and a half year long project in which I wrote and recorded an original rock opera with my brothers. I can remember sitting up at night, three o'clock in the morning with headphones on, listening to a song that had 80 pre-recorded tracks and trying to decipher what was happening. And I literally felt like my brain was being pulled apart. It seems as though any new information that I learn comes at the expense of losing and forgetting old stuff. It's knocking it right out of my head. I feel as if I'm getting dumber by the second sometimes. Now, I thought for sure in these last couple months that something critical with one of my many responsibilities would be forgotten or overlooked leading to some sort of catastrophe. Thankfully, I don't think anything has. Knock on wood. Not the least of all is that I started to feel as if I was being so pulled apart that no part of me was actually being effective in any particular area of my life. My real estate business suffered. My creative arts pursuits suffered. And most importantly, my family suffered. It's been two and a half years since I left my day job and decided to become a real estate agent. 
When I started, I admit, I thought I would be taking over the world by now. Not financially, but at least from a consistent operation standpoint. I didn't expect to still be grinding it out every single day trying to scrape together enough business to survive. But up to this point, the struggle has been worth it because I was enjoying the process. That was until a few months ago. Everything hit me at once. While buying our house was the fulfillment of a decades-long dream, taking on some extra hours to make ends meet after two and a half years of living self-employed seemed like the death of another dream. Being pulled in these opposite directions caused something within me to tear a little bit. And honestly, I'm still trying to navigate the emotional aspect of it all. Each day that passed, in which I didn't accomplish something I deemed to be important, felt like a slow death inside me. There simply weren't enough hours in the day to generate more real estate business, train on a new job, pack up a house, negotiate the real estate transaction so that we didn't lose the house, and pursue my dream all at the same time. I was overwhelmed and still am. And instead of crying out for help in prayer, I tend to cry and pout. Instead of organizing my life to be more productive the way I know I should, I rather choose to agonize. Instead of focusing on the solutions to my problems, I become fixated on my problems. All of these things combined don't help alleviate the feeling of being overwhelmed, but rather they snowball into an avalanche of insecurity, frustration, and absolute fear. Now, I want to feel productive. I want to feel like everything I'm doing is working. And most importantly, I want it to be easy. But instead, I feel like everything right now is testing my intestinal fortitude, as Gorilla Monsoon would say. Things that always came easy seem incredibly difficult when faced with this level of insecurity. For instance, writing and recording this podcast learning my lines and working on my character for my current theater production has never been more difficult. I know people are counting on me right now, but I that thought only puts more pressure on me to succeed, which is not something that is healthy considering the amount of pressure I already put on myself. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit because it's taking every ounce of focus and discipline within me to put together a coherent sentence rather than simply just quit. Anyway, I've decided to focus on one small item at a time to limit the overwhelming feeling that comes every time I look at my current circumstances. That item? Memorizing my lines for The Little Mermaid. Seems trivial and simple enough, but nothing is scarier than the thought of going in front of hundreds of people unprepared. Believe me, I have felt that way before, and recently at rehearsals, I've felt like I've been letting people down with my lack of preparation. I'm someone that has always prided himself on being the most prepared, the most knowledgeable, the most thoroughly equipped. But right now, that's simply not the case. Hopefully, by taking each item as they come, I'll be able to stop putting added pressure on myself and start performing up to the level that I know I'm capable of. I'm recording this podcast because I'm hoping to be able to look back at this period of my life and take comfort in having lived through it, come out on the other side stronger as a result of these circumstances. But for now, I just wish I had the energy, the motivation, and the confidence to just snap out of it. If you're feeling the same way, you feel overwhelmed, I'd love to talk to you. We're all in this together. I'm not an expert. I'm not a guru. 
I'm just someone who wants to share my life and how I get through things like this. I ask for prayer. I ask for your support. Any feedback you can provide, I'd appreciate that as well. Until next time, be real and keep it real. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. Godspeed.